Welcome back. Now, in 2017, a number of banks were referred to the Competition Tribunal for price fixing involving the RAND. This by the Competition Commission, which ultimately brought 28 banks under investigation. Andre Silias, Director and Currency Strategist at Treasury One, joins us now to unpack what RAND manipulation is and its impact on the South African economy. Thank you so much for your time, Andre. I thought I'd get you in just for us to get the fundamentals and the basics of... Uh, the RAND manipulation, but also its impact on the economy. So firstly, I just want to know from you, what determines the RAND's value? Because I would assume that it is the, the daily trading activity, the supply and demand uh, that's caused by the daily trading activity of importers and exporters, but also you know uh, the country's economic growth position, fiscal position, and also political stability or instability. Would I be right, or is there more to it? Yes, good afternoon to all the listeners. Okay, so let's start. What I always call is the nuts and bolts. Yes. So the nuts and bolts is imports and exports. Yeah. So goods coming in, goods going out, and the payment thereof. Yeah. That creates a demand and supply of dollars. Imports the demand, exports the supply. Mm. Secondly, you have financial transactions, people investing into the stock exchange, people disinvesting out of the stock exchange, into the bond market, out of the bond market. That's a second tier of transactions. We call that financial transactions. Yes. Once again, create demand and supply. Then there's investments, mergers and acquisitions of companies, cross-border flows, also creating demand and supply. Now, all those things happen daily on a daily basis yeah. so there's a huge turnover in the market in terms of demand and supply people decide when to import when to export when to sell when to buy based on where the currency is going yeah. inflation rates interest rates growth of the economy unemployment figures a, st a stable or unstable government mm. uh, a labor market all those economic fundamentals in a country also then determines the value of the currency and then obviously on a daily basis that demand and supply mm. free market flow in south africa that we have it's not determined by anybody it's by the flows that goes through the market yeah. market determination. Andre, uh, we often hear of the rand being undervalued overvalued at fair value what is there a difference between value and price? Okay, so fair value would simply refer to if you strip out uh, inflation rates and stuff like that out of it, and you say, for my one rand that I got a dollar on a one-to-one -one basis 25 years ago, for argument's sake. Yeah. How much must I get for that dollar today or how much rand must I pay for that dollar today to be able to go to America to buy exactly what I would have been able to buy 25 years ago? Mm. That would be the, the buying power parity level. Mm. If, it's, if I'm going to get less for my goods, yes. 
for my rand, less dollars for my rand, and I wouldn't be able to buy the same amount of oranges for argument's sake, mm. then the rand would be undervalued. Mm. If I were to be able to exchange it for dollars and I get more oranges than what I got 25 years ago, then the rand would be overvalued. Now, this is an explanation in absolute the simplest terms yeah. that I can. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But, that, but that's the thing, though. Value and uh, price, is it the same thing? Can we use these terms interchangeably? Can you use the terms? Uh, value and price. Yes, you can, in a sense, use value and price because that would be the buying power parity yes. level of the rent, value ah. and price. Ah, okay, all right, I get you. Well, now, in the currency market, there's a phenomenon of price setters and price takers. Just talk to us about, you know, what determines uh, the role for each and who actually gets to be a price setter and who gets to be a price taker. Okay, so the price maker would be the authorized foreign exchange dealer appointed by the South African Reserve Bank that is allowed to trade in the market and make prices when being asked for by clients to either buy or sell dollars to settle the trades that they need to do in terms of exports or imports or those financial transactions that I said. Yeah. At the same time, international banks would also then be able to trade, not necessarily a point to transfer money in and out of the country, but they would be able to trade in the market as a market maker, as a foreign exchange dealer. Yeah. The corporate, the client, me and you and big companies, they would become the price takers yes. who ask for a price from those price makers that yeah. trades in the market. I'm just also trying to get to, uh, you know, the point of them being called price setters. Um, do, they, do they actually set the price or is that determined by also the influence of... Um, of those of of those institutions um you know because of the, the the big flows that they have that they transact on daily is it more influence or is it setting that i'm actually setting the price at this point or is it just the influence of those institutions yeah so it's there's an influence of them in the price but yes. they can't set the price they can't determine the price they can't manipulate yeah. the price to be a certain thing yeah. over a let me immediately add here over a long period of time because yes. I've now mentioned all these fundamental factors, labor markets, uh, job markets, inflation rates, interest rates, uh, monetary policy of the South African Reserve Bank, fiscal policy by the government. Hmm. There's no ways that one bank or 10 banks together can influence that over a one year or a two or a three or a three or four month period. Yeah. So basically I can see that you're trying to close it to this Price setting, manipulating. Yes, of something. exactly. Because I'm, try, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out, Andre, if they're called price setters purely because obviously they are authorized by the South African Bank, uh, the South African Reserve Bank, but also considering the fact that they, they such big uh, transaction flows each day that that influence uh, that supply and demand dynamic. Okay, so all banks have got risk limits. So if a company in South Africa comes in today, call it a platinum exporter, and they need to sell $500 million. Yeah. 
One bank can't go and buy that $500 million uh, from that mine or that company and then sit on it for three weeks. Yeah. They would have limits, breaching credit limits, breaching risk limits, etc. set by the banks. Yeah. So they would also have to go into the market to other market participants and offset some of that risk off to them, which means that they buy 500 million from the company and then they would sell 50 to one bank, another 20 to another bank. And that would, but that bank wouldn't want that dollars because mm -hmm. they then sell it on to another. And so that same 500 million dollars coming in as one flow, as it pulled the screw to the market, yeah. if there's nobody else that wants to buy it, it will just drive the rand stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger because there's nobody buying it. Until such time as a vehicle manufacturer, for argument's sake, yeah. who needs to import a lot of spare parts, comes in and says, oh, I like the price at which the rand is trading now, yes. and I need to buy some dollars to pay for these parts that I'm importing. And then they start buying, and then that export dollars actually starts marrying up with importer yeah. demand yeah and that sort of drives the price up again so you can see how difficult it would be for one single party or three banks together to just manipulate this and and, yeah. and keep it going i mean it's because there is at some point in time another importer another exporter somebody else a financial transaction that will come in and balance these things out and create the demand there's also the question of it could simply be another bank that comes in, a big international bank that comes in and says, well, somebody's selling a lot of dollars and the rand's going really, really strong here. But I think fundamentally the rand should be slightly weaker because of uh, interest rates being too low, inflation too high, yeah. uh, unemployment figures too, whatever the cases might be. And I think I will buy some of these dollars and sit on it until the weakening levels come in again and then go and take a profit. You know, so how do you, how will you manipulate all market participants and these literally hundreds of them to collude all at the same time? It's impossible. So you're basically... You can do it for are, a very short period. Are you saying that there are very small gaps in the currency markets in which to manipulate a currency? Um, and if it were to happen, it would have to be not... Uh, because of a few uh, market participants, it would have to be the whole system. It would be the whole system. But what I can and what I can see is possible, and I think this is what the people refer to here as manipulating the exchange rate, yes. is if there's a big transaction, there's a, I now go back, use an example, a 500 million transaction that I need to do. I have five other friends in other banks, mm -hmm. uh, and I need to buy dollars. So I go to my five friends and I say to them, listen, I need a bit of a favor from you today. Let's work together and, and then you help me. Uh, I'll help you some other day when you need it again. I need yeah. to buy $500 million and I want to get it at a really good price. Yes. But there seems to be a lot of people in the market also buying dollars. Uh. Can you withdraw your bits out of the market so that I can get the opportunity of getting my dollars in first mm. and then you can put in 
bids again. You know, so they can manipulate those bids and offers for a short period of time to get a certain transaction through. Yeah. Um, and, and in this case, the client that needs the dollars or whatever might be benef- benefiting by that. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, it might work against others, but it might work for that customer with a big transaction in his favor. And I'm wondering, uh, particularly referring to the uh, Competition Commission case, if then this currency uh, manipulation had an effect of RAND depreciation. No, because this is why I said, and and where we started with Mm. all these fundamental economic, fundamental factors, GDP, inflation rates, all those things. I mean, no bank can manipulate that on on a continuous basis. It's impossible. I cannot influence, a bank cannot influence the unemployment rate. The bank cannot influence uh, the total demand for dollars or the total uh, supply of dollars in terms of exports and imports. And it can definitely, most definitely, not bring an economy down and it can most definitely not bring a government down. Yeah and, yeah, and and if we go back to what was on the news wires yesterday. It can most definitely not do that. It's impossible. And I'm wondering because, of course, um, our banks have also been implicated in this. Would there be some sort of incentive for them to be involved in this sort of thing? I use the example of that five hundred million dollar transaction yeah. again. Yeah. If I can get executed brilliantly at a very lucrative rate yeah. i might be able to increase my margin that i take on it between yes. bank and client and if i would have made 20 points i could now most probably make two cents yeah. and make 10 times more in the deal than i would have made yeah um but that's that's one song andre um is this kind of thing because i mean you you talk about it being uh, difficult to do um is this kind of thing has it been common um, in 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 the last few decades? I guess um, where there have been serious uh, um, currency manipu- manipulation cases, uh, or is it just more of a recent thing? I go back to and and you can see that I'm grey. <laughs> Way back to 1983, and I was trading the rand in a bank myself as a dollar trader. The very first thing that you did every morning, throughout the day, throughout the evening, after work when you went to the pub to have a beer with with your colleagues and other banks, is to speak about the currency, the orders that was executed, the amounts that was traded and so forth. And at times you would speak to people and say, Joe, you know, I've got this massive big import order today. I'm a big buyer of dollars or whatever. You never share names. Yeah. But we didn't have chat rooms and we didn't go into chat rooms and chat it with people in chat rooms where it's the digital work caught up with people and they were caught out by speaking to each other. But people have been speaking to each other for the last 40 years. I'm telling you now that they've been speaking to each other for the last 150 years. No, as long as we live. So then now I'm asking, um, as you, you were making your analogy, would you still call that manipulation or just kind of the normal way of currency trading in the markets? It's part of the normal functioning of a market. Manipulation would be if you can fix something 
and change the direction of the currency for a longer period of time ah. and that's not possible ah, ah all right and in terms of oversight do you think that there is enough oversight in the banking system uh and in the currency markets to prevent uh, such currency manipulation that does actually erode the value of a currency um over a short over a long time kudos to the financial surveillance department of the south african reserve bank previously called the Foreign Exchange Control Department. They are superb in how they manage it. There is reports being done on a daily basis that goes through to the central bank on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. It's the, it's the returns that goes through to them and it's being managed and looked after by them in an explicit, fantastic way. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for just uh, bringing us back to the basics because a lot of people have just been wondering what this currency manipulation is and what uh, is uh, being uh, referred by the uh, Competition Commission. But of course, we'll be having uh, deeper conversations on the specific case. Thank you so much for your time and for your insights today, Andre. Really, really appreciate it. That was Director and Currency Strategist at Treasury One, Andre Siliers.